Good morning, listeners. So we have a spooky group episode for you today that was actually inspired by some of our listeners who sent in some emails and other things to us. So I am going to start off with an email. This is from our listener, Emily, and she says, This is my experience of going to the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum in Vegas. I went in March of 2019 for my younger sister's 21st birthday on her spring break. My sister and I had the evening to ourselves on the second night as our mom and Nana went to the Cher concert. My sister and I didn't know what we were going to do with our night, but we had kept seeing advertising on the buses for the Haunted Museum and decided last minute that was what we would do with our evening. So we went and got pedicures and off we went to take an Uber to the sketchy part of Vegas. We arrived at the Haunted Museum around 7 p.m. and had to wait in line to be let in to purchase our tickets. They only let 10 people in each group at a time, and there were about 20 people ahead of us. We waited in line for around 45 minutes or so and talked to the people around us and Joe, which if you have ever seen the Ghost Adventure show, then you have seen Joe. So anyways, they hand us a freaking waiver to sign, basically saying that if we die or get possessed, Zach Bagans isn't responsible. I'll <laughs> Naturally, my sister and I signed away our souls to Zach that night. My sister and I were the last two people to arrive and also made um, the numbers 11 and 12 in the group. Thankfully, they let us go with the group in front of us and broke the 10 people rule. <laughs> so we go inside and purchase our tickets and they tell us a little about what to expect. The tour starts outside and they tell us a little history about the house and how it was abandoned for some years as the owner's wife and daughter, I believe, passed away in the house many years ago. So naturally, people perform satanic rituals in the house. Once we get inside to the tour, the guide is telling us a bunch of information about the items in the house and if we feel someone tug on our clothing or try to hold our hands, that it's just the little girl who died in the house and that she's harmless. Like, what the actual fuck did I get myself into at this point? One of the first rooms we went into was a room with the Bella Lugosi mirror on the wall that was covered. We were able to look into the mirror one at a time, but my sister and I decided we didn't want to see ourselves. We went room to room seeing different items. One of the rooms had Peggy the doll, who you must greet and say bye to when entering and leaving the room. This was the first time hearing anything about Peggy which I later found out can induce migraines, nausea, and vomiting, which is exactly how I felt the next day. At one point, we were walking to the next room, and I looked to my left and saw what I believe was a ghost apparition going downstairs to the basement. I literally blinked, and it was gone. Now, this house is old, and so are the stairs. I would have heard an actual person walking down some old-ass stairs. <laughs> the ghost was wearing a lawn white nightgown, think like old time white nightgown like in the movies. We also saw the Dybbuk box, Ed Gein's cauldron, some of Charles Manson's belongings, including his prison clothes and false teeth and other famous people's belongings um, that had died. And the last thing we saw was the stairs to hell from the demon house from Gary, Indiana, which was the only room we were not able to go into and the only room with a crucifix above the door. Overall, I think we saw around 10 rooms of the house, which I don't think was the entire thing, but would love to go back in the future. And I tell everyone going to Vegas to go there. Sinister as always, Emily.
Emily, hello. It was a very hard to be quiet during that. Ooh. You took us that for was crazy. a ride. Whoa. I got goosebumps. Ooh. I love spooky stuff. Yes. <laughs> Which actually, Emily, no, I think on the website, there's actually like 30 rooms. <laughs> so... I don't know yeah. if that means they got gypped or what. Oh, but. you got gypped for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you gave him your soul. Mm, that's yeah. the real spooky. That's the spook. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You are a brave, brave soul. Well, soulless girl now, I suppose, since Zach uh, Baggins owns it. Baggins. So. Baggins. Baggins? Baggins. Like Bilbo. Like Bilbo. Off to an adventure. Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Correct? No, it's actually Baggins. What it said in a documentary I watched, so. Like Baggins? Like, like the stop, it's Baggins. Like Baggins, like Baggins strips? Like, gotta <laughs> get that go Baggins. Baggins, <laughs> yep. Hmm. Agree to bacon. disagree. Crispy Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so sorry, ZB, if I mess up your name as we go here. I'm not. Oh. You only showed our listener 10 out of 30 rooms. That's one third, and her ticket price should be one third of the cost. Yeah. And I'm also just very great. Like, you, like I'm glad she mentioned, like, they were 11 and 12, but they were like, nah, you can go with the group. Could you imagine going just you and your <laughs> Yes. I mean, it'd be kind of cool, like, if it was, like, just us three, but, like, I'd be so scared. Well, did I, 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 know, I don't look know. Up the website? Because yes. apparently they do, like, not like not the haunted tours but like you can stay the night and you can go and like ghost hunt or do whatever you want like overnight i don't even know how expensive it is but imagine a flyer you have to fill out for that like um the flyer (laughs) or the forms excuse me (laughs) the way i'm sure there's more than one (laughs) yes 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 you cannot touch this you cannot do this here's what you can do yes you can cry in a corner initial here Uh, oi so but basically Emily, don't sue us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. what the forms say. Uh, same so, same for us. Ditto. Don't sue yeah. us. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a we clause just, in there. Yeah. We just regurgitate mm-hmm. information, guys. That's just what we're here for. We mm-hmm. just like being storytellers, is all, is all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh with that, if it's not clear, this is Sinister Sunrise. Good morning. Yes. Yes. I'm Morgan. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. And today's group episode is Zach Beggins Museum. Dun, dun, dun. We need that organ. I hesitated really hard on his name. It's so hard to say Beggins. Beggins? It's B-A. Jesus Christ. I'm just going to say Zach. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Oi. Well, so appreciate Miss Emily. That was (laughs) great. it's just great but she did hit on all of our topics so with that to yeah. kick off actual halloween miss mm-hmm. sarah what are you bringing to the table today what was that twang i'm bringing a ghost story hey <laughs> welcome no i went i did not go southern okay um so today i'll give my sources um on our show notes. So today I'm covering a very infamous haunted object, as you all suspected. But before I go into her, what would they do if I was like, I'm actually just covering, I don't know, the blocks in the floor. What's that called? Tiles. Yeah. 
I just covered like, the, the, the paint colors of, of the museum. You probably got them from somewhere haunted, though. Like, let's yeah, be real. Every aspect. I will find the one on haunted thing. Like, all the doorknobs are original and not haunted. Yeah. Not. No. <laughs> so... Uh, before I go back into her history or anything, I do need to provide a content warning. The story isn't graphic or anything like that. Instead, it's the opposite. It's sort of mysterious. Um, instead, it's one that is known to cause ailments to listeners, chest pains, shortness of breath, heart attack-like symptoms, you name it. So this object is pretty powerful. I just want to give everyone a warning to listen at your own discretion. Um, so take a minute to let your id, ego, and super ego argue it out. It's going to be so good. I could get sick. No, but it's going to be so good. It's going to be worth it. Not me. I think Not overall, time. we just, we all need to be uh, respectful. Is that the mm-hmm. overall umbrella? of? All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, you've had time to decide. Here we go. Today, I am covering Peggy, Peggy. the doll. Ooh. <laughs> Hello, Peggy. Thank you for Hi. letting us do this. Hi, Peggy. Thank mm-hmm. you. That wasn't anywhere to do that, but just in case, covering all bases. Yeah, covering all bases. <clears throat> So she's a normal-looking doll, about three feet tall, gorgeous blue eyes and blonde hair. She honestly reminds me of like a a doll form of John Benet Ramsey. Oh, oh, hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. But instead of that like long hair John Benet's famous for, it's a little um, pixie cut, just a short blonde hair cut. Okay. So I will not be posting any pictures of this object as it does have such strong effects, but. I imagine you can use your imaginations. Whatever you're thinking is probably close enough. So the point I'm trying to make is this doll is very innocent looking. Yes. And it's very haunted. A lot of people have said this on podcasts and interviews about Peggy, but I think I had a doll just like this. You know what I'm saying? Like a bigger, almost life-size doll, blonde. I definitely Mm -hmm. had one. Played with my grandma's house, which makes it extra creepy. This doll was not investigated until the 2000s. Her owner at the time reported having terrible nightmares, which I would love, love to interpret those. (laughs) Send us your nightmares if you have any after listening to this episode. Yes. (laughs) Actually, yes. Super sorry, but send them in. I'm very curious. Peggy was the cause of these nightmares. No matter where the owner put the doll in the house, it didn't matter. The owner's nightmares reoccurred. At this point, she starts to panic and she calls a local priest. Priest comes to bless the house and the doll twice. It does not help at all. So now this poor insomniac who is suffering not just with nightmares, but also with hallucinations and fevers, says she's at her wit's end. She starts searching Google, looking for something that could help anything. Mm. And that anything happens to be a one Miss Jane Harris. Mm -hmm. So Jane Harris is a 32-year-old woman from a town in the Midlands of England has a bachelor's degree in psychology, (laughs) has a bachelor's degree in psychology, and shortly after graduation has fully devoted herself to ghost hunting research. Round of applause for Jane, everybody. Sorry, as I was writing this, I was thinking like, (laughs) Miss Jane representing New Hampshire. Um, Come on down. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So jokes aside... This lady seems like a friend we would all love to have. Like, she is so cool, so level-headed, and I'm done fangirling, but she is awesome. So in an interview on her job, she stated that seven out of ten houses she investigates are non-paranormal explanations. So she never goes into, you know, a case assuming it's going to be a ghost. And the same goes for when Jane was called out to investigate a case in Sheffield, UK. She went and brought a psychic with her. 
end, things went awry. Immediately after arriving, the homeowner took Jane and the psychic out around back of the home to a brick outbuilding. This is where she had been keeping Peggy the doll. Ooh. When this, yes, because she couldn't have her in the house. Like she was just trying to get her out of sight, out of mind, as far away as she could. Yeah. When the psychic saw the doll, she became dizzy and had to sit down. A, yeah, so just immediate apparent reactions. Something was wrong with this doll. From this, Jane agreed to make the purchase. She took the doll home. Oh, yeah. wow. That was so speedy decision. I think it was just so quick and so overwhelming. She was like, yep, all right. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Jane owns a company called Haunted Dolls. So this is her hmm. thing. Okay. Yes, that would have been make- good to know, wouldn't it? No, that's okay. <laughs> We're g- it, I'm yes, cool, cool, cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. She's devoted, so obviously she collects these dolls. I'm duh, duh. Yes. So that's she runs this company. Um. So she sets out on experimenting on Peggy the doll. Which, to be clear, I don't think it's anything like intense war crime worthy experiments. Like from the way it was explained, she keeps the dolls or objects in her basement. Yet again, not for anything weird. It's just because there aren't any windows down there. And it can be recorded from multiple angles without any shadows. Mm, You know, like Mm. no one walking by the window. Like everything down there is very explainable. Gotcha. So, yeah, they just keep the dolls there. Yeah, you got to have a a way to debunk anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a professional. And she doesn't assume everything's haunted. She's really trying to figure it out. As so, a true believer, I'm grateful for those kind of people. I'm sorry, but it's yes. true. You, I, you can't just say, oh, my shirt moved. It's a ghost. No. Like, is the vent open? Like, let's mm-hmm. let's think mm-hmm. logically, okay? Yeah. Yes. So the one experiment I saw that's kind of infamous, you can see that the, um, the doll is sitting in a pentagram with candles and is wearing a cross necklace. And I'm assuming all the display is more for Jane's protection. Um, but really, like I said, they're just keeping the dolls in the basement around the clock on or being recorded, excuse me, looking for anomalies. So doing that slow and steady research. Dang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are wow. some actually pretty spooky pictures. So in one, I'm trying to decide how I'm going to show you guys, but basically imagine Peggy sitting in the middle of a pentagram and then mm-hmm. it appears to be eyes right underneath her leg. Ew. Yes, so then you can like kind of make the out floor? the floor. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I don't know if maybe I can just find the picture and crop out like her face and just get her leg in it, but um, it's pretty creepy. Like what? Were like cat eyes? Like what kind of eyes do they look yeah. like? Are they red? Just, Are they human? They're glowing. Um, one yeah. of them you can argue could be the light from a candle because it's you know like I said there's candles on all the points, mm-hmm. but the other one I don't know what that would be. So. I'm already gonna cry. I <laughs> yes. So okay, maybe there's like doesn't... drawings of all of these. Maybe we could post like a drawing, not ours, but maybe like an actual artist has rendered something similar. But I do like your idea of just like cropping just just the. Mm-hmm. I might know. just find a doll that looks similar. Like here's a blonde doll. Just paste Imagine it on that. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god. Okay. So it doesn't stop there. 2015 was a big year for Peggy. To quote Julia Roberts, big, huge, <laughs> as in pretty big. Um, Jane Harris released a video that affected 80 people. 
Jane was receiving calls and letters from people complaining of respiratory ailments. And one person wrote, when I looked at her for the first time, I felt an instant chest pain. I couldn't breathe, breathe properly. And I'm still trying to breathe properly. Now it feels like my chest is tight and my throat is swollen. What? Just by looking at a pic, 80 people Mm -hmm. immediately. Another viewer of Peggy's case later posted on Facebook that she suffered from a heart attack within the hour. (gasps) And she also believes it was a health warning from Peggy and that no harm was intended. So intent or not, she is a very powerful spirit or is attached to one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, Mm -hmm. after viewing the doll, a psychic medium by the name of Chris Crocker Corber was able to make contact with the spirit that controls Peggy. He received the following information. And can one of you guys read the an- like the question or can one of you guys read the answers to my questions in your best mystical voice? Yes, I can. Okay, <clears throat> thank you. What is your name? Peggy. How old are you? Nineteen. What year were you born? Nineteen forty six. Where did you live? Holland Park. How did you die? Asthma. Are you happy? No. Why are you angry? Not Christian. Okay. So remember part of the experiments? um, They had a cross (laughs) placed on Peggy's neck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chill bumps, baby. Yes. So this is someone who's not even in the same room as Peggy. He had just seen her on a video and was able to like tap into whatever she had going on. Mm-hmm. So he like was fought, he was away from her and just like yes. thought about it. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So unknown to Chris at this time, Jane had already received 21 emails and messages from people asking her to remove the cross from the doll's neck because they felt she didn't like it. <gasps> oh my God. My whole neck just like. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. I'm really glad my hair's down. (laughs) (laughs) I've had to hold on to this by myself for days. (laughs) Okay. Whoa. So a few days later, an automatic writing session was held with Peggy. This one, they were actually in the same room. And following the session, the words identified and were shown publicly. The words were Lindy, girl, explanation, draw a line. Doesn't seem like a big deal, right? Like you're like, okay, this is nothing. Mm-hmm. The person conducting the automatic writing's name was Lindy. <gasps> and that very afternoon, she had met up with her daughter to have what she described as a long overdue conversation, after which they both agreed to draw a line under things. How would Peggy know that? Whoa. Yes. And this happens a lot. Somehow the spirit controlling this doll seems to have knowledge of the unknown. Like in a lot of the um, reports I would read from people who actually went to the Zach Bagans Museum. (laughs) I'm saying Mm -hmm. it right. Um, They said like they would walk in and they'd be like, hi, Sarah. Like the the box that spoke for her out front would know your name and everything. Yes. So on March 16th, Footage was shown of Peggy being taken into Hazel's home. The intention was to make contact with Peggy. Jane asked how someone experiencing 
Okay. Jane asked that anyone who experiences anything over the hour that followed, they should let her know. And they let her know. More and more people called in. Just from this video of her being carried to a car. Or excuse me, carried to a home. So now people are really starting to take notice of the doll. So Jane Harris, our resident badass, posts another video of Peggy. This one is just the doll in the garden. No spooky basement, nothing like that. And this clip has since been shared on news channels across the world. At roughly eight seconds in, a voice can be heard. It says, mercy, in a faint whisper. Jane did not hear this voice at the time of of filming, and several attempts have been made to recreate the sound, but it remains unexplained. Mm. (laughs) Messages continue to come from people claiming Peggy is affecting them. And I'm going to read a couple more testimonies for you guys. <clears throat> Are you ready? <clears throat> yeah, I guess so. Uh, sure. <laughs> I experienced a lot of physical and emotional manifestations upon looking up the pictures and videos of Peggy. I immediately felt a tightness in my throat leading down to my lungs, but mostly the throat area. Like maybe someone choked her. And that was from someone named Heather. Mm. Another one is... My friend Kathy is a psychic medium. When she saw Peggy's photo, she burst out crying. She grabbed her chest and said, poor girl. And she later told me how Peggy had suffered from some very painful asthma attack as a result of extreme fear. We both cried for ages. Peggy is so intense. So a lot of people will say Peggy really just needs love and understanding. Like she is intense, but it's not coming from a mean place. They don't think. Hmm. It's almost so it's like a, um it's almost kind of like last week when I talked about um like a residual haunting. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just such a traumatic event, but she is like a real spirit. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. weird. Oh my gosh. So at this stage the team believes the doll displays strong evidence of paranormal activity associated with the lady in the spirit named Peggy. From what Jane and her team can gather, it's believed that the spirit in Peggy is very emotional. She died from an unnatural asthma attack, meaning that she was frightened to the point that it led to her to have this attack. People get visions of persecution and that she's somewhere in the early 1900s, so it's strongly believed that she may have been Jewish during the Second World War. Whoa. Yeah, living in Europe. I will say, my only issue with this whole thing is that if she was born in 1946, she would not have been persecuted in World War II. But I don't know how exact those automatic writings are or anything like that. So we know she was alive sometime in the 1940s. But that is the only thing I could really explain away easily. But everything so. else still adds up, too. So it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And like that's just one theory. Like still could be totally real in a different like. Yes. they haven't to my knowledge they haven't quite figured out exactly you know who she is what happened this is just what they've been able to gather from people just getting impressions from seeing her from afar so like like i said jane harris runs that organization called haunted dolls they keep all dolls in her basement and they are available for adoption which means we could get one, ladies. <laughs> hey. A haun- haunted doll adoption agency is yes, what you're telling me. She says <laughs> she calls them adoptions, not just purchases, because there's a lot more responsibility than just purchasing a doll. She's like, it comes with a lot of like baggage. That makes sense. So do they sign waivers? 
I think so. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because once my you God. once you buy it, you're not taking it back. It's yours. So her case is ongoing, and she was purchased a few years ago. Which sorry, yeah, we can't buy Peggy the doll. Darn. Um, she was purchased a few years ago by the man who made this episode all possible, Mr. Baggins. <laughs> oh gosh. The- oh, yeah. the peggy room is supposed to be particularly unnerving and guests are advised to enter at their own risk a word of warning you should always be nice and courteous to peggy whether in her presence or not and that's my story well actually it's not jane harris made a cool comment that i found really interesting so she said she doesn't necessarily think that spirits latch onto dolls more than anything else she just thinks people latch onto a haunted doll story because of it's on the movies it's not the spirit or ghost inside hmm. the doll. The spirit or ghost is associated with it and moving the object. Because I was wondering, I was like, why are they always in dolls? And she addressed that. So that is my story on Peggy the doll. Oh, my. Should I Google her picture? Oh, actually, so a lot of these freaking videos you're going to watch on YouTube, it's just like these slow pans of her eyes, like down to her body. So it's like, I know every detail of her. I did not sleep well at all this weekend. So the first night I woke up and my chest was tight and like my whole upper back was tight. Stop. (gasps) Stop, Sarah. I was trying to like stretch in my sleep and like twist my back and stuff because I thought maybe I just slept wrong. And like Andrew was dead asleep. I'm like touching my toes in bed, just trying to loosen the pressure like of my chest and upper back. Yeah. And then Sunday night I had terrible or no, Saturday night, excuse me, I had terrible nightmares. Should like worse than normal. Should I look at a picture right over right now? Mm-hmm. You want me to? I, find, I will. Do it. I finally said like a little apology to her yesterday because I kind of put it together and I slept like a baby last night. So oh I don't know. I don't know if it's real or if in, in my head because that could be a possibility as well. Like one person got sick and then. That's not at mm-hmm. all what I was expecting. Like, I mean, you described See? her to a T, but at the same time, like. Like, take whatever Annabelle thing you have in your mind, throw it out the window. The doll, like I said, is very innocent looking. Did they say where she came, like, when the doll was made? I couldn't find that. I like, was, that's why I said her history is a little um, mysterious to me because I don't know who owned her before the owner that said she was having nightmares owned her. I don't want a video. The videos are creepy. Mostly because they play to, this really unnerving this- music over it, like. <laughs> of course. See this pentagram picture with the eyes. Yeah, dude, if I if I wasn't Catholic or Christian, I wouldn't want a freaking uh thing, cross around my neck either. Here, let me find this picture with the light really quick. Just apologize before you go to bed tonight. <laughs> yes, I already Make sure have you my say a little thing. I already have my speech planned out for when I talk to her. Not tonight, but in general, I'm just gonna be like, "Girl, I know what you went through. I have asthma too." Maybe she'll respect that. She might. I know. People say pain. she's very um I can't find this picture. People say she's very understanding. Like people will call the Zach Bagans Museum and be like, she's been in my dreams and everything. And sometimes they'll just go up to the glass, like the people that work there and say, Peggy, would you mind leaving like Miss Morgan Colax alone? And that Whoa. usually works. Mm-hmm. She's a very um like very well kept. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, may- maybe, maybe I will. Maybe we'll post it with her permission slash um, a warning. warning. Yeah. Okay. 
If not, mm-hmm. if we if you don't see it on our post for this episode, just go Google it if if you would like to. Yes, just we know put it a is link. at your own risk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sarah. Yeah, like, everyone said the same thing that went to see it, like or see her. Excuse me. Like she yeah. knew things she should have had no way of knowing. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And one lady, and I think, I think that's went. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that's one of the areas where it's obviously not required for you to go up to her. I think they give you the option. Like, hey, yes. do you want to talk to Peggy? Up to you. <laughs> yeah, do I it think at it's your own like risk. off the hallway that you don't have to go down or something. Yes. Because they say, like, enter at your own risk. Like, we're not making anyone do this part. Is she in, like, a glass box? Mm-hmm. Do we know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zach Bagans made it look like a weird haunted dollhouse case she's in. Yeah. Okay, maybe she doesn't like that. Yeah, maybe she wants some luxury apartments. Maybe she doesn't want to be trapped <laughs> in a box. Maybe she wants to, like, lay in a bed. I'm pretty that sure was... Robert the doll gets a whole case in, like, a rocking chair. Okay, so... Okay. But <laughs> anyway, that's my case. Thank you, Peggy, for letting us talk about you. Thank you, Peggy. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Peggy. I will write to your mean owner and ask for a bigger house for you. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know if that's what you want or if you're content. Let yes. us know. Ooh, we she can... may be into tiny houses. That could oh, be her it is very tea. trendy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I think um, was Divic Box was up next, and that would be you, Miss Morgan. That's me. Hello. Like Miss Sarah said and Miss Emily from our email touched on, today I will be talking about the Divic Box some people say the book. I cannot continue to say that, so I'm very sorry if I mispronounce that word. Can you spell it? Because whenever oh, you sent it sure, in our text, sure like calling dibs, I almost sent like an LOL dibic. Like, you nut. That's not how you spell it. I uh, <laughs> definitely spelled it wrong when I first wrote down my title oh. idea, uh, but it's D Y B B U K. I would never have guessed that in a million years. I thought it Divic. was Divic. No. Like, Dibba. who's the best? You the best. You I Divic. call dibs on the Dibic box. So Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I am basically just going to give you an overview of the Dibic box. Um, the A good chunk of my research went into, like, like, like similar to Sarah's, previous to Zach owning it. So what led it to get into his possession? So Mm -hmm. first and foremost, what is a Dybbuk box? Dybbuk is a a Yiddish term, which means malicious spirit. Oh. Uh, Yeah. Well, that's the definition that um, TMZ gave uh, when they were discussing (laughs) Post Malone's experience with the box. I will touch on that later. Oh, my. It must be true. Yes. yes. <laughs> but according to our good friends at wikipedia.com, they do give a little more detail. So according to Jewish mythology, a dibbuk is, quote, a Hebrew verb meaning adhere or cling and is known as a malicious spirit believed to be the dislocated soul of a dead person. So TMZ kind of summed it up in a not-so-eloquent way. Uh, it is noted that they can possess others as well. So. Oh. Yeah. 
The term Dybbuk box was coined by Kevin Manis, who came to own this box in 2001. This is described as a wine box containing a Dybbuk. Kevin came up with this term to list the item on eBay. So again, Dybbuk is a well-known Yiddish term, but there has there was no Dybbuk box before. Uh, Kevin purchased this cabinet because he owned an antique shop. The box is said to be previously owned by a survivor of the Holocaust, and I am so sorry. I don't know how to pronounce your name, so I'm going to do my best. Ha- Havala? Havala? It's H-A-V-A-L-E-H. So I'm, I'm so say, sorry. Havala? Like either Havala or Havala? Havala? Yeah. I think we'll you're fine. You H. How about H? Mm-hmm. Upon its purchase, Kevin was told by H's granddaughter that a Dybbuk lived inside. So it was known then. Once home with Kevin, he did open the box, and inside he found two 1920 pennies, a lock of uh, blonde hair bound with a cord, a small statue slash figurine, a small golden wine goblet, a dried rosebud, and a single candle holder with four octopus-shaped legs. Yeah, that's what so they the, described it it's as. It's the equivalent of like looking through my glove box. You literally <laughs> like yes. imagine all the random stuff that's in there. Mm-hmm. That's you what would you find get. three 1920s pennies, definitely some candles. Maybe that's what I should call my glove box, my wine cabinet. Doesn't that sound nicer? <laughs> Ooh, until you get pulled over. Do you have your uh, registration? It's in my wine, wine cabinet. It's <laughs> in my wine cabinet. Please hold. <laughs> A what? Get out of the car. <laughs> Yes. Wait. Oh, God. Yeah. Then try to explain a Dybbuk to a cop also. Like, yeah, but- no, you see, it's a play on Dybbuk box. Like, man, please just, just get out of the car. It- <laughs> <laughs> we got a code 102. This woman is insane. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so hindsight being 2020, Kevin did note that um, a very scary, uh, or excuse me, that very scary and abnormal things began to happen to him when he did purchase the box. So again, you kind of don't think about stuff like that until it's like, oh, wow, that did that did all occur during that time period. Well, even so, when I woke up with that chest pain and back pain, I didn't think it was because of Peggy the doll. I thought I slept mm-hmm. wrong. It wasn't until the next night that it hit me like, oh, yeah, because this is yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin had terrible nightmares. Lights were flickering in his home, but scariest of all being that he gifted this box to his mother on October thirty first. <gasps> yeah. What so he, again, again, <gasps> hindsight twenty twenty. He didn't think that this was all being caused by the box. Oh. So, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the like little the. The box is okay. Like, it's fine looking. Just looks like a little piece of, like, furniture. Um, so he gifted this gift. He gifted this gift, this box, to his mother on October 31st. And that same day, she had a stroke. Okay, <gasps> really quick. Was it her birthday? Yeah. It was? Mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. I was going to say, if you're telling me... He gave her a Halloween gift, and he's claiming he didn't know it was haunted. His ass is a liar. <laughs> no, it's a birthday gift. Okay. It's a birthday gift. Oh, that's so funny. Um, okay. Yeah. 
Um, I did see an interview on YouTube, and it was like a reenactment from Kevin and his mom and a um, antique shop worker because he gifted it mm-hmm. to her at the at the store. Oh. And that that interview made it seem that she opened the box and like within moments had the stroke, and it was really his mom talking. So I kind of think that's valid. He literally mm-hmm. was like, "Here's your present," uh, and like helped her unwrap it, and then he like the other person working in the antique shop like came up and said oh kevin you have a phone call and he like left his mom was like looking at it and like "Eh," and then opened it and then like literally stroked out in the chair oh no i don't mean that disrespectfully sorry stroked out i don't know if that's not nice sorry sorry (laughs) yeah um she is still alive today and she did state that she felt, um, ex- you know what? I'm going to retract that. I don't know if she's alive today. I The link will be in the show notes, but I don't know when that YouTube video was posted. So excuse me if she has passed. During the filming of this interview, she was still alive and she survived the stroke. So correct. Very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, she did state that she felt evil when she opened the box, accompanied by a cool breeze jutting out from it. In the hospital, she even said, that the box did this to her. So she described it as like, she couldn't speak and her, like they were just, they were just talking to her son, Kevin. And I guess he gave her like a notepad and he wrote, she wrote out the gift to like signify that that's why this happened. So. Oh no. Oh, yeah. oh no. Oh yeah. Uh, from there, Kevin did attempt to sell the box, but it was always returned. Finally, the box was purchased by someone in Kirksville, Missouri, of all places. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah. Woo. Represent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Woo. <laughs> um, but, however, they listed it back for auction on eBay, stating the box, quote, caused lights to burn out in his house and his hair to fall out. <gasps> oh, my yeah. God. You know, you know it's what? some middle-aged dad, like, I'm not paying to electrocrate the whole, you can't keep, my bills are so hard. Like, I just imagine him, like, shaking with anger, and then his hair falls out, not because of the ghost, because he's getting old, and he's like, and then now this, God, get out of my house. Like, oh my. But also, like, good on that person for actually writing that on mm-hmm. yeah. eBay. Like, he easily could have just been like, here's a box, who wants it? Yeah. <laughs> Especially because um, I did read somewhere along the lines here i don't i'm not an ebayer um but they do not promote the selling of haunted items but they're all over it so like yeah. they are very like they ask that you be just dis- like very descriptive so fair enough so uh the final owner before big bad zb was jason haxton he wrote a book called the dybbuk box and believes that his terrible symptoms are because of that haxton developed quote Hives, coughed up blood, and head-to-toe welts. This led oh. Haxton to consult a rabbi, finally, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote in quotes, finally someone freaking smart, to seal the Dybbuk back into the box. After some time of keeping the box in a secret location for quite some time, Haxton donated the box to Zach uh, Bagans, whatever, to keep <laughs> in the museum. Haxton couldn't quite shake his history with the box and probably never will, but thanks to the book he wrote helping provide uh, the basis for the 2012's movie The Possession. So his uh re like his you know account of what happened, he's gonna always have it around because it's literally on film. So it's it's oh. taken from that. So yeah. The possession, is that where they get a box at a yard sale? 
I think so. I think I've seen it. It the clip that they always show. I'm like eighty percent sure is the kid like bending over f- backwards out of the box and the things like coming out of his mouth. Maybe question mark. I think I've. I think I may have seen this one. Oh 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 oh. No. Oh oh, I was wrong. I was very oh. wrong. And two of the pictures are <laughs> very scary. Oh my god. Don't scroll down. <gasps> I'm going to go ahead and say too late. Okay, I'm going to click out of that. <clears throat> Ooh, I can't breathe. Okay. I never <laughs> liked sleeping anyway. It's <sighs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so, uh, Mr. Haxton cashed in, I suppose, but did have a terrible experience while owning said box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach has had the box since 2016. And in one of the many rooms of his museum, the box was is placed on a high pedestal and surrounded by a glass display case. It is stated it has stayed like that on now until 2018 when Zach's good old friend Post Malone and <laughs> Zach decided to take the glass off and touch the Dybbuk box. Oh gosh. After how many joints of marijuana did they decide hey. to make hey. this choice? The better question is how many bud lights. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Let's even like real. post. I don't even like post moment, but I yeah. That's a I good just, commercial. Whoever shot that's I mean, a really true, funny commercial. I'll give them that. Pretty, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh so I wanted to know a little bit more about this, like Posty's visit. So here we, I got a little something for it. Okay. Ooh, the most reliable source I found for this was TMZ. So please take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, so Post visited and there is videos online. I'm pretty sure I linked it in the show notes. If not, if you literally just Google Post Malone, Zach Baggins, Baggins Museum, you will see it. At one point, they don't really show the glass coming off. I think it was just already off, like, when they went in the room. I'm sure Zach has people to do that for him. And so they took – so the glass is off, and it's just chilling on a pedestal. And in the video, you see Zach, like, barely touch the top of it. And, like, like, Zach's back is to the camera that's, like, up on the ceiling, kind of angled down. And Post is at the door kind of facing the camera, and he just looks straight – terrified like Zach don't do it don't do it. buddy you're doing it oh no 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 and then he reaches out and touches Zach to like get in like basically he says to like get him to like fucking stop and mm-hmm. so like he, so like post does touch Zach while Zach is touching the Dybbuk box at least it looks like it okay once he grabs Zach he's like come on bro we got to get out of here we got to get out of here and he like runs to the door and flicks the light on and he's like come on we have to go. like you see the, the light come on. even on no or like at least he like turns on a light switch like you see a light come on and it's like okay bro he's like he's like really scared like it's crazy so after all of this happened uh posty had some really bad luck okay he had to uh two planes he was on had to have emergency landings they almost like crashed because they just like something was wrong with the plane he had uh he was in a serious car accident uh his home was broken into and i couldn't find exactly where i at some point after visiting the museum he had bite marks on him 
So whoa, yeah, casual like, that he found like later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. No but thanks. we know Zach B, and he is always going to push it to the limit. So he blessed us this quarantine with a special episode of Ghost Adventures where he opens the Dybbuk box. You know Zach, what? Say what you want about him. He is really good at monopolizing on what he's got. Oh, yeah. Like, I will give him credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. A little stupid to do this, but you probably you were watching He goes it. all out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Zach Alexander Beggins. I don't know if you're a moron or a genius, <laughs> but if you'd like to know more about the experience that he had when opening it, you can check out the Travel Channel. It's on there. Um, I'm pretty sure you can like purchase that single episode to other places. Uh, mm-hmm. It was definitely spooky. And now that you know the history of the Debig Box, I hope that if you do watch it, maybe you get like a little bit better feeling and understanding for it. Um, and to kind of cap off my portion of this episode, uh, we're going to plug in here a little interview with our friend Zach, not Zach B, sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> and his experience at the museum. So here Very we go. Cool. Okay. And today I have my friend and spooky lover, not Zach Baggins, but Zach S. Sorry, it's a different Zach, but just as cool, I swear. Um, He is going to talk about his experience a little bit at the museum. So first of all, give a warm welcome to Zach. And Zach, he has put on sunglasses because he's reached that level of fame. Uh, Zach, first of all, welcome. And if you want to give us just like when you went to the museum and overall just a general overview of your experience all right well thank you for having me (laughs) (laughs) um i went probably i want to say what maybe last year to the museum i mean it was cool fun creepy as hell (laughs) but it's the whole experience is uh, just one of those you had to go just to do it and that's it yeah so i've had some stuff (laughs) happen to me when i was there Someone's gonna jump right into oh, it. Oh, see, he is a part of this podcast, guys. He knows. Just jump in. All right, share, share, share. All right, so I will briefly go over the one experience I had that kind of was like a little weird to me. Mm-hmm. So I was in the room of uh, Bella Lugosi's mirror. They told us to just look into the mirror and see if, uh, if you could see something coming at you. Uh, when I did that, I felt a little tug on uh, the back of my shirt turned around because I thought my mom was like playing with me yeah. whatever so I was like okay no big deal brushed it off went turn around look at the mirror again and it happened again so I'm like I turned back around I'm like all right oh. some something's going on but I'm not gonna not gonna not gonna worry about it too much yeah but that that one oh, that was a little creepy yeah a- it's one thing like if you think you see something but like to actually feel it and you don't want to like let it know you know <laughs> that's the thing oh okay okay so was that the spookiest thing that happened to you there a little bit by far yeah okay um so the other room that i had a little bit of experience was was the dybbuk box room oh crazy that's my topic how did i know oh, tell me about your experience with said dybbuk box 
Uh, so you're in probably like a group of, I want to say 10. I could be wrong. Don't quote me. Mm-hmm. So they lead you into the room and then the person shuts the door on you and like, all right, no. have fun in there for a little bit. I'll come get you when, when you need. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. So they, all they tell you to do is don't touch the Dybbuk box case. Oh, because at this point, it's still in its it, glass. It's still in the glass and all right. that. So, right. And, of course, they don't want you to touch it because you could break it. Yeah. And he wants that. So, you know, just looking around the room, walking it, seeing what's up. Next thing I know, I was looking at the big box, getting a little closer, mm-hmm. checking out, see what, what it was all about, what the hype was about. Uh, Next thing I know, my hand is reaching for the glass. <gasps> yeah. Like, you didn't want to. Uh, I didn't know I was doing it. <laughs> Zachary! <laughs> Like, something wanted me to touch the glass, and I touched it a little bit. Ah! It was more like Zach's coming like to fucking get you. <gasps> so, okay, I'm very like, light touch. Very, yeah, very light. Nothing so the cameras won't pick it up and yeah. kick me out. You felt the glass. <laughs> but I felt the glass. Oh, my God. But the weird thing is, after I felt the glass, I looked at the, what, the salt they put around it. Uh-huh. A little bit of salt was missing. So it had <gasps> a full square and then just a little part missing and then kept Like going. someone like dragged their finger through yeah. it. Yeah. <gasps> but I don't know if I, that could have been there before. Yeah. But again, who knows what goes on in a damn museum. Oh my God. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. A true, true believer. First of all, thank you, sir, no, for, for believing in that. And second of all, a true visitor to the museum who witnessed the scary ass shit that takes place um i watched the um unveiling if you will episode all thanks to zach so if you want to check that out it's on what travel channel yeah probably the travel channel app okay um maybe don't quote me again (laughs) don't quote him on that yeah don't quote me on that yeah it was it was like a good little quarantine fix for all of us all of us ghost lovers but yeah zach any final words any any other experiences or weird moments or highlights of the museum uh some of the highlights i can't remember the room i was in but they told me to go say something to the dead bodies that are in there they have skeletons i can't remember what room no i know what you're talking about i watched um when i was like researching Mm -hmm. this they they want they did like an entertainment tonight uh, yeah. segment and the guy who was like the host was like i'm not going in there i'm not there's real dead <laughs> yeah. bodies i'm not going in there <gasps> but i will say the one room that creeped me out the most and i really don't get scared the most was that goddamn clown room you had to fucking walk through ladies and gentlemen you know i will not be participating in that if i ever go thank you thank you we do <laughs> moco does not do clowns no well sir you are brave very very brave and I thank you so much for, you know, being part of our show. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks again for having me. Of course. So with that, I hope uh, that was spooky enough for you. I'm, you know, I, we're, we're two in. I'm a little scared for errands. Um, but with that, <laughs> that is the Dybbuk box. And I'm going to hand it off to the glue. All right. So, ladies, I will be covering the Demon House of Gary, Indiana, which cool. is what Emily mentioned was one of the very last things she saw in her email. So, wait, Gary, Indiana. Wait, oh, that's a place. I thought you said. Yes. I thought you were talking like it was Gary and Deanna's house. No, oh no. Oh my god. 
his full Sometimes name I don't is Gary Indiana well. Jones. So <laughs> I need to go to bed. <laughs> For anyone listening at home, it's seven thirty in the evening. It is. <laughs> it is not it's bed like time. It had been raining all day. It was perfect, like napping weather. It's Listen definitely here. fall. You young whippersnappers, it's close to my bedtime. I am old as hell. Well, okay. Slight new- rant. Okay. Because- oh, go, 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 go. It's just really quick. That new Lizzo song where it's like good as hell. Like, how you feeling? Old as hell. Oh, my we God. We should make a... Yes. All right. Let's be youths and make a, make a video about this. All right. Cool. Yes. Because... I'm just not a fan of when it gets like really dark. Like I literally drive in the dark to work and then I come back and it's dark and I'm like, mm-hmm. where's yeah. the sunlight? What's going on? <laughs> Hello, Lord. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. But this story it might rougher. be rough. It's very interesting. It's interesting. Definitely okay. Okay. interesting. So I'm diving right in. All right. In Child. November 2011, Latoya Ammons, her mother, Rosa Campbell, and her three young children moved into a rental home in Gary, Indiana. Located on Carolina Street, the main floor had three bedrooms, a living room, one bathroom, hardwood floors, and a small open-style kitchen. A door in the kitchen led to a concrete basement with, like, a small dirt floor directly underneath the stairs. A few days into their move, the family experienced some strange phenomena. Flies swarmed their screened-in porch despite the cold weather, and according to reporter Marissa Kwiatkowski for the Indy Star, the family tried to kill the flies, but to no avail since more took their place. Latoya and Rosa occasionally heard footsteps on the basement stairs, and they heard <gasps> the basement door creak open in the middle of the night. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Hmm. And when they went to check it out, no one was there. Oh, fucking course. Great. <laughs> so great. Even after locking the basement door, the noises continued. Rosa also claimed to have seen the shadowy figure of a man pacing the living room, and when she jumped out of bed to investigate, she discovered large, wet boot prints on the floor. As weeks went by, things began to escalate. The kids started to become violent and would speak in unnatural voices. (gasps) Rosa also claimed to have been choked by an invisible force. Uh, no, no thanks. Nope, nope, no, 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 no. On March 10th, 2012, at around 2 a.m., Latoya, Rosa, the children, and apparently they had a few house guests um, that were over mourning the death of a loved one when Latoya began to scream for Rosa. Latoya's daughter was discovered unconscious and levitating above <gasps> Rosa's bed. No. Mm hmm. Latoya and several others surrounded the girl and began to pray while Rosa watched them terrified. At some point, the girl's body returned to the bed, and when she woke up, she had no memory of what had transpired. Rosa and Latoya later told the Indy Star that their guest refused to return to their home after that night. <laughs> yeah, I fucking wonder why. <laughs> I don't see a I problem. I don't blame them. Five out of five stars. Great, oh comfortable God. beds. <laughs> Lovely hosts. <laughs> Could you imagine if it was an Airbnb? <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. I felt like I was sleeping on air. Five out of five stars. (laughs) (laughs) We have a haunted doll adoption agency. We can have a haunted Airbnb agency. Let's do it. (laughs) yeah. And you can keep all your goodies in a wine cabinet while you stay. (laughs) In your car. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has a wine cabinet if you think about it. (laughs) 
own a car, you have a wine cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So great. I mean, <sighs> yeah. Okay. They didn't want to come Wait, back. Wait, that's the end I... of your story, right? We're good? We're never... There's no there's no more, oh, right? Oh, no. There's a lot more to it. And then oh, I, everyone no. left because they realized real estate is expensive. Let's uh, live with trees and tents. Oh, great. Yeah. Everyone was safe Get, and beautiful mm-hmm. and happy. Mm-hmm. Become mm-hmm. one with nature. Not quite. Yes. <laughs> Believing they were dealing with a supernatural force, Latoya and Rosa called local churches, but most didn't give them the time of day. One church told them that the house was full of spirits and they recommended cleaning the home with bleach and ammonia, then using oil to draw crosses on every door and window. After listening to this advice, Latoya poured olive oil on her children's hands and feet and drew crosses on their foreheads. Um, Did anyone tell her to do that? I don't know. This is what the Indie Star said. So I was like, okay. I mean, Mm. I see why. Because it's like, you know what? Let's just... I would be bathing in it, to be honest with you. Like, whatever <laughs> I like have me, to do. Right? Yes. Like, I'll take bits and pieces from what you said. <laughs> it sounds like me them. trying to follow directions when we play games. Just like, I'm just going my own way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I read that part like five times. Like, that's it. That's yeah. all you're going to tell me. <laughs> like, she, that's it. She just poured oil and that, and not in the places the people told her. Okay. 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 Yep. Yeah. What a cool. weird shampoo commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how this works right it doesn't burn your eyes or your soul i like to use pantene oh my <laughs> god sorry continue they also reached out to two unnamed clairvoyants who said their home was plagued by 200 demons and that the best thing they could do was move the family wasn't financially able to do that so one of the clairvoyants advised them to make an altar in the basement Latoya placed an end table in the middle of the basement near the stairs and covered it with a white sheet. On top of the sheet, she placed a white candle, statues of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, and a Bible open to Psalm 91. Okay. Okay. It gets better. Hold on. Latoya and another person who wasn't named in any article, so I have no idea who this other person was, wore white t-shirts and white scarves around their heads as they burned sage and sulfur throughout the house. Latoya drew a cross with the smoke while the other person read Psalm 91 aloud, saying, quote, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. End quote. But again, wait, (laughs) someone told them to do this, right? Yeah, they said make the an altar. unnamed clairvoyant. Yes, they have never been named. No idea who they are. Okay, there will be a lot of that. I'm just thinking. Let me tell you, if my life's on the line, I'm gonna need to see your sources. Like, you can't yeah. just be some let me unnamed see lady calling me. Let me get your mm-hmm. business card, homie. Like, let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. The clairvoyant's advice appeared to have worked, but after three days of seemingly no supernatural events, Latoya and her children allegedly became possessed by whatever was in the house. What if he's not a clairvoyant? What if he's a fucking devil worshiper? And he just what if he oh. is the <gasps> devil? The call is coming from inside the house. Oh, it was no. Satan. Oh my gosh. All right. Sorry. 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 My brain just went there. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It, it's anyone's guess, honestly. Okay. The kids, quote, eyes bulged, evil smiles crossed their faces, and their voices deepened, end quote. Latoya felt lightheaded, weak, and out of control. 
her seven-year-old son began talking to an invisible boy in the closet who apparently shared how it felt like to be killed. No her thanks. youngest son, mm-hmm. her youngest son also appeared to have been thrown out of the bathroom and her daughter needed stitches when a headboard fell on her. Oh my God. Rosa, however, didn't appear to be affected by the demons, which she claimed was because she was born with protection from evil. Okay, what? can you share? <laughs> yeah, like she a apparently has a, a guardian, a guardian angel watching over her. Okay, well, you're making that guardian angel work double time because you are not checking your sources. Yeah. Mama is tired. Uh, let her take a break. Oh my gosh. On wow. April 19th, 2012, they sought help from their family physician, Dr. Jeffrey Onyakwu, but after visiting the family and hearing about their experiences, the doctor refused to help them basically because he didn't believe their story. He told the Indie Star, quote, 20 years and I've never heard anything like that in my life. I was scared myself when I walked into the room, end quote, which I took that as he was just freaked out by what the family was telling him. Not that he was freaked out by anything in the house. What's he going to do? I mean, what can he really do? Exactly. So in his medical notes, he wrote quote, delusions of ghosts in home, end quote, and hallucinations. During the visit, Latoya's sons cursed the doctor in demonic voices, and according to a detailed Department of Child Services report, the youngest son was, quote, lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him, end quote. Both boys passed out, and when they didn't wake up, someone contacted 911. The boys were taken to Methodist Hospital, and when they awoke, the older boy acted like nothing was wrong while the younger one screamed and thrashed and it apparently took five men to hold him down. Oh. Mm-hmm. While this was going on, someone called DCS and reported Latoya for a possible child abuse or neglect. This person wasn't named, um, kept anonymous in the report, but they speculated that the children were putting on an act and Latoya, who the person claimed could be suffering from a mental illness, was encouraging their behavior. DCS family case manager Valerie Washington was assigned to the case. In her report, she noted that hospital staff examined LaToya and her children, and they were found to be healthy and free of marks or bruises. LaToya was also given a psychiatric evaluation, and she was determined to be of sound mind. Mm -hmm. Washington interviewed the family in the hospital, and during an interview, she witnessed the seven-year-old's eyes roll in the back of his head. He began to growl, show his teeth, and started choking his older brother until adults intervened and were able to pry his hands off of his brother's neck. Oh, my God. Yeah. That escalated. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. And finally, someone, like, outside the family is seeing it, besides the clairvoyant, unaccredited, Mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Wes, cue the circus music. Because <laughs> it dun, always dun, happens dun, on dun, my dun, part. Dun, dun. I love that Aaron's always the one that gets to announce that too. Yes, yes. Yeah, so if shit isn't spooky enough with our stories, we just had some freaking technical difficulties. Uh, I think the ghosts are pissed. So yeah, we're going to try this again. <laughs> we're try this again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Wes, for all the editing apologizing now 
So continuing with the story, Washington and registered nurse Willie Lee Walker both witnessed an event later that evening that to this day they can't explain. They moved the two boys into an exam room to interview them when the seven-year-old stared into his brother's eyes, graveled, and said in a deep voice, quote, it's time to die. I will kill you. Okay. End quote. Ah, uh, no. Negative. Negative, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Nothing you ever want to hear, especially from a seven-year-old's mouth. Yeah, for some reason that makes it 600 times more scary. Yes. Yes. <laughs> As the seven-year-old was speaking, the older boy began to headbutt his grandmother in the stomach. Rosa grabbed the boy's hands and began to pray. According to Washington's DCS report, which was corroborated by Walker, the older boy had a weird grin on his face and began to walk backwards up the wall into the ceiling. He He flipped over his grandmother, never letting go of her hands, and landed on his feet. I'm sorry, so this motherfucker like part Spider-Man? Like, what? And no one is saying (laughs) parkour. (laughs) No one is being like, hey, this seems pretty paranormal. Maybe we should get some more help in Uh, here. Maybe we should call Ed and Lorraine just saying. Yeah. Anybody. Mm -hmm. Washington was later questioned by police about the incident, and she told them that the boy didn't run up the wall. He glided backwards and up and up it, which freaked her and Walker out so much that they ended up just running out of the room when it happened. Good. Fair. Very fair. Bravo. In the report, she claimed the family may be influenced by something evil. Washington and Walker told the doctor at the hospital what they had seen, but the doctor didn't believe their story at all and was like, okay, if this boy truly did that, have him do it again. Oh my God. But by that point, Latoya's son had seemingly woken from his trance. He didn't remember walking up the walls and told the doctor he wouldn't be able to do that again. DCS ended up taking custody of Latoya's children the next day without a court order. Oh, shit. Father Michael Magino later received a call from a hospital chaplain and was asked to perform an exorcism on um, Latoya's. This is Latoya's nine-year-old son, but I'm going to get to that later. Anyways, in order to rule out natural causes, Maginot visited the Ammon home on April 22nd, 2012. For two hours, LaToya and Rosa told the father about their experiences. During their story, he noticed a flickering light. Each time he got up to inspect the light, the flickering stopped. He also stopped the interview to point out the kitchen blinds swaying, even though there was no air current. He also claimed to have seen wet footprints in the home. (gasps) Mm, that was already during mm-hmm. during the four-hour interview latoya complained about having a headache and when the father placed a cross on her head her whole body shook believing the family's accounts were true and that they were being tormented by demons maginot blessed the house before he left and warned them that the house wasn't safe to stay in latoya and rosa heeded the father's warning and moved in with a relative okay they Returned one week later when DCS case manager Washington wanted to take a look inside and check the condition of the home. A police officer accompanied Washington and two more officers joined out of quote-unquote professional curiosity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. What? Like, they, they were like, see if it was really haunted? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we heard this is haunted. 
can we come professional with? my ass mm-hmm. okay but i mean i'd still be the first one to get in there too so i know yeah <laughs> i would do the same exact thing yeah. <laughs> latoya refused to go inside but rosa went along with the group According to a police report, the altar was discovered where the Ammons had left it, along with rings of salt, poured against the basement walls where, Rosa told officers, they believed the demons came from. According to Gary Police Captain Charles Austin, one of the officers' audio recorders malfunctioned during the interview. The power light was flashing, even though the officer had said he put new batteries in it that same day. Another officer was able to record audio and appeared to capture a disembodied voice saying, hey. Cool. It's a friendly Photos ghost. of the house were taken, which appeared to have strange figures in them. One photo of the basement stairs had a cloudy white shape in the corner. And according to the Indy Star, when officers enlarged the photo, the cloud appeared to resemble a face. Enlarging the picture also revealed a green image that looked like a female but I will quickly chime in to say I couldn't find these pictures, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say they were probably debunked. Okay, that's fair. Yes, I have not been able to find any of these. There is a picture you can look up. Pretty, like, infamous, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, It was taken outside the home when it was unoccupied, is what they say, where you can clearly, like, you can really clearly see the hazy image of a woman. However, this picture was likely photoshopped. But you can find it if you look it up. Okay. I think it's real. (laughs) I mean, you can kind of look at it and be like, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) But yeah, it was, um, even Zach Bagan said it was most likely Photoshop. So I'm like, you know what? Zach says that it must be true. (laughs) Our Lord Lord and Savior, we have to follow him wherever, whatever he says. The police captain told the star he believed in ghosts and the supernatural, but he didn't believe in demons until he visited the Ammon home. When he left that evening, the radio in his police cruiser malfunctioned and the garage at his home didn't open, even though his home had power. The driver's seat in his personal car started moving backward and forward on its own. (gasps) But (laughs) I like how they mentioned it, though, because then he said he took it to the dealership to get it looked at. And the mechanic told him the motor on the driver's seat was broken. Oh, so I don't know how you <laughs> oh. could say it was supernatural. I don't okay. know. All right. That's fine. That's fair. Yes. That same month, DCS found that LaToya had neglected her children's education by not having them in school regularly. Mm-hmm. This was actually something DCS had noted before in um, the family in their records back from like 2009. Okay. So they had been involved with the family before. LaToya claimed she was unable to send her children to school consistently because they were too sick or didn't give it enough sleep because of the demons in the house. Ooh. Imagine writing Which, that tardy slip. <laughs> Sorry, ghost kept me up. Yes, but also it's not I was, a good look. It is not a good look, but to me, I'm like, wouldn't school be the safest option instead yes. of them staying in the house mm-hmm. if that were the case? Yeah, go to yeah, school so you can make house. a friend and, and, and stay with the friend. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's just what I was thinking. Anyways, DCS was granted temporary wardship of the children, and LaToya's daughter and older son were briefly sent to St. Joseph's Carmelite Home in East Chicago, while the youngest son was sent to Christian Haven in Wheatfield for a psychiatric evaluation. They didn't even stay together? That's sad. Hmm? They didn't even keep them together? I think they might have. I think it was just very briefly... They went separate. I don't know. Again, they were being violent with each other, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it either. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. true. 
According to clinical psychologist Stacy Wright, the boy appeared to be coherent and logical. She noted in her report that he acted possessed when she challenged him or asked him a question he didn't want to answer. When he talked about demons, his stories became illogical, and he also changed the subject multiple times, asking Wright about math problems in outer space. In her evaluation, Wright wrote, quote, This appears to be an unfortunate and sad case of a child who has been induced into a delusional system perpetuated by his mother and potentially reinforced by other relatives, end quote. Oh, man. Clinical psychologist Joel Schwartz evaluated Latoya's daughter and older son, where they claimed to have gone into trances and seen doors slam, objects moved by themselves, and shadow figures in their home. The 12-year-old told mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she were being choked and held down so she couldn't speak or move. She said she heard a voice say she'd never see her family again and wouldn't live another 20 minutes. Schwartz wrote in his report, quote, There also appears to be a need to assess the extent to which Ammon's daughter may have been unduly influenced by her mother's concerns that the family was exposed to paranormal experiences, end quote. LaToya was also evaluated by multiple psychologists, but besides acting a bit guarded, none of them thought she was experiencing psychosis. According to the star, the Indy Star, one psychologist recommended LaToya be assessed to, quote, determine whether her religiosity may be masking underlying delusional ideations or perceptual disturbances, end quote. Okay. Yes. DCS set goals for the family and told LaToya to find a job and other housing while their investigation continued. On May 10th, 2012, the officers from the initial investigation, LaToya and Rosa, were joined by Reverend Maginot, two Lake County officers, and DCS family case manager Samantha Illick. According Mm -hmm. to Illick, Washington, who was in the initial investigation, didn't want to go back into the home, so Illick offered to take her place. Uh, One of the county officers had brought along his police dog, but it really didn't do anything. It didn't seem to pick up on anything out of the ordinary in the house. Okay. When the group headed to the basement, Illick noticed a strange wet liquid dripping down, which she apparently touched, and she said it felt slippery and sticky. Ew. (laughs) Never touch it. Ew. I know. (laughs) According to a Lake County police report, Maginot directed the group to the patch of dirt underneath the stairs. He wanted to dig and search for a pentagram, an object that could have been cursed, or a burial site, which all of those could be proof that the house was haunted. He also thought that particular area could have been home to a portal to hell. (laughs) Casual. I feel like that should have been on the real estate sign. Would you like your own portal to hell? The Come commute is fantastic. Yeah. Commute. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Beautiful neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> After, <laughs> excuse me. After digging a four foot by three foot hole beneath the stairs, officers uncovered a pink press on fingernail, a white pair of women's underwear, a political shirt pin, a small lid for some piece of cookware, socks with the bottoms cut off below the ankles, candy wrappers, and a heavy metal object that appeared to be like a weight for a drapery cord. Okay. So a whole bunch of random stuff. Yeah. Yet again, the same thing you would find (laughs) in my glove compartment. (laughs) Yes. Or a large purse I'm carrying. Either one. Exactly. Officers replaced the dirt and raked over it while Maginot blessed salt and spread it around the basement and under the staircase. 
When the group returned to the living room, Illich's left pinky finger started to tingle until it became so painful to the point that it felt like it was broken. She walked out of the house when she started having trouble breathing and felt like she was going to have a panic attack. She didn't walk back inside the house after that. In the Demon House documentary I watched, other people present during that time confirmed that Illich's hand became like extremely pale, Mm -hmm. like it was losing circulation. However, I will say they show the picture in the documentary and I'm just looking at it and I'm like, I don't really see what they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like the tip of the tip of her pinky finger. I was like, okay, I can kind of see that looks a little pale. But Mm -hmm. to me, I was like, okay, her whole hand is just going to be this weird, sickly white color. Right. And it wasn't. Like, my my stepmom has Raynaud's phenomenon. So, like, I know what a pale-ass finger looks like. And that's what I was expecting. So, maybe I'll have to watch the documentary and sh- and see for myself. Yeah. It's on a lot of streaming services. But, yes, I thought I was expecting something. And maybe I was missing it. But I'm like, I don't. At which, first, I thought they were just showing, pinky. like, a before picture, and then yeah. they were going to, like, flash on the screen what it was supposed to look like, and I'm like, oh, yeah. this was the picture. Hmm. hmm. Yes. It didn't strike me as anything out of the ordinary. Okay. To me. Yes. Latoya joined Illich outside when she started to complain of a headache and shoulder pain, which did happen when Maginot began asking her all sorts of questions. Hmm. Austin left the home, stating that he refused to stay in the house past dark. The other officers stayed at the home and discovered an oil-like substance dripping on the blinds in one of the bedrooms in Demon House. They wanted to make sure that Latoya, like, that neither Latoya or Rosa had placed the oil on the blinds. So they wiped it off with a paper towel and then they closed the door. They placed, like, a Q-tip somewhere between, like, the door jam and the door. So if anyone Mm -hmm. were to walk in, the Q-tip would or should be on the floor and they would know that someone was, you know, messing around. Yeah. Yeah. According to police records, the officers also stood nearby, kind of, too. And when 25 minutes had passed and no one had gone in, they looked in the room and discovered that the blinds were dripping oil again. What the fuck? That's so weird. It is really weird. And I didn't look into this too much, but on the documentary, they said they had no explanation for where the oil could have come from. According to Maginot, this was a sign that a supernatural or possibly a demonic presence was in the home. I didn't look into that too much, so mm-hmm. I have no idea what it could have been. Yeah. Really weird. <sighs> After reporting his findings, he asked for Bishop Dale Melchuk's permission to perform an exorcism on Latoya. When his request was denied, Maginot Ooh. performed a minor exorcism, which didn't require church approval. Also in attendance were two police officers and Illich. I wonder if it's the same two police officers that had professional curiosity. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I was just thinking that. (laughs) Excuse me, ma'am. I've been here since day one. I think it's only right that I get to watch the exorcism. Yep. Mm Just weasel your way in there. You can add that to your resume. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Illich was also present who told the star she felt like someone was breathing down her neck during the entire two-hour exorcism. Latoya was instructed by Maginot to look up the names of the demons possessing her and her children. Her computer apparently kept shutting down, and she felt lightheaded and sick when she researched the names. But she said the ones that stood out to her were the one and only Lord of the Flies. Don't know if you want me to say his name, but 
Uh-uh. Yes. Sarah covered him a few episodes ago, so check it out. Yeah. Nothing bad happened to me with that one. That's true. Okay, cool. Neither. But let's not push her luck. Mm-mm. We have a lot of mm-hmm. haunted-ish stories today. And mm-hmm. um, she had named, apparently, other high-ranking demons. <sighs> Maginot was later given permission to perform a major exorcism on Latoya. And I keep on saying Latoya because that's the only person he did an exorcism on. Even though it doesn't make sense to me because I thought the entire family, family. besides Rosa, was possessed. Yes. Yeah. Why? Just yes. Okay. But also, does it not sound like those demons are having like the best house party in there? They Probably. like bebop around everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying. Don't be a buzzkill. All right. <laughs> Anyways, in June 2012, he performed three exorcisms on Latoya in their home. Mm. Maginot said the demon inside Latoya was powerful because of how much her body convulsed and how much pain she appeared to be in. And at the end of, I think, most of these exorcisms, she would always kind of fall asleep. Yeah. Okay. Hear, that's common. Sometime between the second and third exorcisms, Latoya and Rosa had moved to Indianapolis and were commuting to Gary, Indiana for the remaining exorcisms and the DCS court hearings they had to attend. Maginot was scheduled to go on a retreat in um, during that month, so a woman who helped Maginot with exorcisms made a backup plan in case things with the Ammon started going south. She wrote down the long name of a demon on a piece of paper, which Maginot says he doesn't remember its name, and I probably wouldn't want to attempt to say it out loud anyway. Mm-hmm. She then placed the paper in an envelope and surrounded it with blessed salt. And she kept this envelope and she planned on burning it if Latoya called her to complain about any supernatural happenings. Latoya did end up calling the woman regarding nightmares she was having. So she just went ahead and burned the envelope and it seemed to work since Latoya's nightmares seemingly ended after that. Very nice. That's nice. Yeah. At the end of June, Maginot completed the third and final exorcism, which he conducted in Latin. According to Maginot, Latoya convulsed when he condemned the demons, but her body was still during his prayer. And literally after that, it just says Latoya and her mother, and I'm assuming her, well, Latoya and her mother left for Indiana after the exorcism, and it seemed like it worked. They told the Indy Star that their family isn't suffering from possessions any longer. In November 2012, Latoya regained custody of her kids. DCS family case manager Christina Olvenick... I totally butchered that, wrote in her notes, quote, no, de- no demonic presences or spirits in the home, end quote. And in her request for dismissal of wardship, quote, the family is no longer fixated solely on religion to explain or cope with the children's behavior issues, end quote. The case was closed in February of 2013, and the Ammons family never reported demons or supernatural events again. And they told the Indy Star in 2014 that they are living without fear. Very nice. Whoa. Yeah. So good. Good on them. Charles Reed, the owner and landlord of the Carolina Street home, is one of many skeptics. He claims that no one before or after the Ammons complained of problems in the home. Mm-hmm. Others, however, can't help but think that something paranormal, at least, may have resided there. Mm-hmm. Illick, the DCS case manager at the second investigation, isn't sure if the family was dealing with demons but she's sure something was wrong with the house, especially since she suffered quite a string of bad luck pretty soon after she had been in the home. A week after she visited the house for the last time, Illick said she got third-degree burns from, I think, like a motorcycle accident. 
Whoa. Oh, yeah. Within 30 days, she also broke three ribs jet skiing, broke a hand when she hit a table, then broke an ankle running in flip-flops, which also reminded me of the movie Glass. I'm like, <laughs> has anyone seen that movie? No, no I haven't watched that Jackson. one yet. I haven't oh. watched it yet. <laughs> no. I forget so the term, bad. but it's a disease where like your bones are like brittle bones that easily break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, this poor girl. Osteogenesis yeah. imperfecta? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. What? That sounds correct. <laughs> Just pull that out? <laughs> I watch a lot of um, like... <laughs> I swear I'm not weird. I watch a lot of videos of like the diff like different humans, like like living differently and like shout out to special books by special kids. Really good YouTube channel, SBSK. Um, they do like interviews with like someone like who just like lives their life differently. It's really good. So Okay. Interesting. But that's how I know that. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's different types. So maybe it was like osteogenesis imperfecta, like type two, but that's probably what it is. Okay, sorry, continue. Got it. No, thank you. The first case manager, Washington, ended up leaving Gary and Deanda because of just the bad feeling she had after visiting the home. Joe Nickel wrote an entire article in the Skeptical Inquirer, which is great. I will share it in the show notes titled The 200 Demons House, A Skeptical Demonologist Report, where he goes over the events of the Ammon's possession and basically sets out to debunk it with research. So, for example, he even goes, like, to when they first moved in and says the noises in the house that seem to come from the basement could possibly be explained by the age of the home along with the changing seasons. And he researched another article next to that. Um, He put one in there. He believes the so-called supernatural events were actually the children causing mischief and their mother encouraging them, which was similarly stated by the unknown informant who filed a report with DCS. He also brought up the fact, and you can easily Google this too, that both Father Maginot and Latoya Ammon signed movie deals with Evergreen Media Holdings in 2014, but Mm. apparently the project seems to be stalled or it's just no longer happening. I have no idea. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a good look. But the same, like, on the same side of that hand, or opposite side of the same hand, whatever. I get why you'd want to, like, make some profit off these terrible times of your life. Like, well, I lived through it. I might as well make, you know. Yeah. True. Like, true. Like, I don't Margarita's think it's, like. out of limes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's a documentary, though. And that's why, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's just, like, a scary uh, horror movie. Inspired by. Inspired by um, the events. I think that's what it is. Inspired by true events. Yeah. Because that's where this next part of my story goes. I'm almost done. Um, of course, the story doesn't end there. When the one and only Zach Bagans read about the <laughs> Ammon story in the Indie Star, he called the owner in 2014 and bought it for $35,000 without even stepping inside it. What a steal, first of all. I know. That Dang. is true. <laughs> okay. Okay, Zach Bags. All right, mm-hmm. Z-A-B. All right, Z-A-B. Okay, okay. He filmed a documentary, which I've mentioned a couple times, called Demon House, which was released back in March of 2018 and documents his team's two-year investigation into the home. Two years? Dread Central's Steve Barton called it, quote, one of the single most compelling documentaries on the existence of the supernatural that I've ever witnessed. End quote. Okay. Okay. Why are you laughing, Erin? Noelle Murray for the Los Angeles Times called the film, quote, too much hooey, not enough boo, end quote, which I think is the absolute best. I'm um, sorry. Can I 
I'm sorry. And at the I'm... very end of hers, I read, I mean, it's very short little review. She was like, you're better off just not turning, turning it on. <laughs> Ouch. So wait, scathing. So a whole lot of hooey, not enough boo. Too much mm-hmm. hooey, not enough boo. So yeah. Con- so kind of like every episode of Ghost Adventures. Oh, it basically is an extended no. long episode of Ghost she Adventures. She went there. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, they've caught some cool stuff here and there. Here and there. Yeah. But they also just draw stick figures sometimes and pretend like that's what a ghost looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Again, he's smart. Maybe it made money. I don't really know. It's probably made a bunch. They're like on season 18, aren't they? Oh, yeah, at least. Oh, something like that. All right. All right. Good for you. Good on you. And I don't want to cover the entire documentary since you can watch that on quite a few streaming services, but I do want to mention like some of the interesting parts to me when I first watched it before really like diving into the research. Father Maginot was a part of this documentary, and he was planning on doing a final blessing of the house, which was intended to close the portal to hell and clear out any remaining evil spirits or demons. But Bagan shut production down, and he did demolish the house in 2016. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. In the documentary, there's footage of Zach lunging and yelling at one of his cameramen. I feel like that happens way too often, and I'm pretty sure that guy quit the next day. Yeah, I was like, his poor poor crew. (laughs) Yes. So, yes, it seems like something has come over him, and he, like, literally grabs the guy in, like, the living room. Captain Austin, who was interviewed for the documentary, suffered from a head injury um, after slipping on ice two days after that interview. Five years later, he was, which, anyways, five years later, he was shot in the stomach during a home invasion, but he did survive. According to Anna Ortiz's reporting for NWITimes.com, Austin's gun didn't fire because of a mechanical failure. Dr. Barry Taff, who was taking electromagnetic readings of the house during filming, became so sick that he ended up in the hospital where doctors said his organs were failing. <gasps> yeah. And not... Hmm. That's weird. It is really weird, but they don't really dive into it more after that. And I'm like, oh, okay. This poor man. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> not at all surprising. Near the end of the documentary, Zach boards himself up in the house. Literally boards himself inside it. He can't get out. <laughs> what a man. <laughs> but what a man, what a man, what a man, what a at, mighty good man. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> at some point while he's in there, and again, there's cameras all around, but there's not a lot of footage, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he begins to experience this searing eye pain. So his like, hands over his eyes, he's saying the F word, other expletives. And apparently a day after he left the house, he started suffering from double vision and he was later diagnosed with diplopia. And now he has to wear like these special rimmed glasses all the time now. So if you've seen him wearing the glasses, I have, that's I why noticed he made a change. To yes. The look. Well, it wasn't just yeah. for the looks because now, um, like he said, he went to the doctor. His doctor didn't have any explanation for why this happened. He said there is a surgery, but there is the risk that he could end up blind. So that's why he said he'll just continue wearing those special glasses. Yeah, I would too. forever. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Easy choice. Easy. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'll mention that did creep me out was one of his cameramen, Adam Albrandt, appeared to have been 
affected by the house. Footage from inside the home during their investigation showed this guy looking at his hands strangely and then walking off towards the basement where Zach and his crew apparently later found him lying on his back on the basement floor. Of course, there was no video footage of that, though. Mm -hmm. Later that night, according to Zach, Adam was vomiting blood and walked out of the room and you can see him like yelling at no one while walking in and out of an elevator. He's also like, this dude's a big guy, so it was very unsettling. Granted, no one else comes out of the rooms. So I'm like, did they just have this whole hotel area by themselves? I don't know. Maybe. When Ah, they were able to get him back in the hotel room, he would apologize for lashing out and yelling, mostly towards Zach. But then he'd creepily change his tune and call Zach a bitch and say he's coming after him. He also apparently told Zach to go to the house and kill himself. (gasps) Oh. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Whoa. He feel- was. That's a line, bro. Yes. He was fired, <gasps> probably for good reason. Um, and seemingly he went down a darker path. He has like these 666 tattoos on his hands. It seems like he went through the ringer. However, according to Kenny Biddle's Skeptical Inquirer report, Everything they showed in the documentary that I was like, oh, this is, like, that seems really interesting, appears to have been debunked. Things they claim to have caught on camera could be explained, and even the part with, like, Adam, like, being affected by the house could have been faked. He has an IMDb page where it says um, he's an actor and a cinematographer, and he's known for starring in, like, violent horror films. And has credits as a director, writer, editor, producer, special effects, and the list goes on. I see what you're getting at. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's hard for me to be like, yeah, the house was haunted and the family went through this since so many things do seem to have like a reason. And in case listeners, I haven't said this before, I've never had like a supernatural experience. So to me, I'm like, I think that's there's stuff out there. I've just never experienced it. So I can't say for sure at this time. That's fair. However, you may be able to determine that for yourselves because Zach didn't leave the house entirely behind. When he demolished it, he decided to take the basement staircase and some of the dirt floor with him to his haunted museum in Las Vegas, which to me also makes me think it's not (laughs) true because Literally, he's going saying like, oh, like this house still has such an effect on me, whatever. And I'm like, so you're going to bring that into your museum and have people walk around it? Yes. <laughs> like that it's, makes no sense. I'm so sorry. I'm Gotta la- tackle your fear. Tackle it. <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't know. I don't know why, but when you said he took the dirt, you know, <laughs> have you seen the video of that kid? He goes, can I bet that dog? Can I pet that dog? I'm gonna pet that dog. I just wanted to be no. like, can I touch that dirt? Yo, can I touch that dirt? <laughs> I'm so. Well, he took it. <laughs> Woo! Sorry, Maginot guys. was not pleased in an Woo. article I read, but it's Zach Bagans. I, he owned the house, so I guess he could do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Nah. So yes, you can find it at his haunted museum. According to the museum's website, a group of construction workers walked off the job and refused to come back after setting it all up and installing it. 
So maybe I just need to plan a Vegas trip and see this museum and the stairs to truly get a feel for whether the house could have been haunted or not. Yeah. And that's pretty much my story. Viva Las Vegas. Viva. <gasps> oh my God. Viva Las Vegas. <gasps> he just takes over the entire strip. <gasps> Honestly, it is his world and we're just living in it. So okay. maybe. Okay. Viva Las Vegas happening within the next three years. Okay. Yes. Pencil it in. That's a wide net. Three years. <laughs> Well, we got, we got, we got a I lot was, of shit. 20, 2021 is looking to be very busy. Very busy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when I was reading Emily's email, I almost I almost stopped because I was like, I saw no advertisements for his museum at all when I was in Vegas. And I'm very disappointed. Yeah, I didn't see any at all. I would have yeah. gone there. Oh, my God. I went twice in one year and Brittany was not even there. So I was looking for mm. things to do. Granted, there is a lot in Vegas, so maybe I was just overwhelmed. Yeah. Not enough. So I know that you put a lot of things on the table, Aaron, about how maybe these things and the whole demon house could be debunked. Mm -hmm. I just want to put out there. I have watched many episodes of Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures. I always say Ghost Hunters. Ghost Adventures. Mm -hmm. And Zach... To play devil's advocate, devil's advocate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zach does not cuss a lot. So for him to be in that much pain, that's kind of weird. But also, like, you're bo- Are you sure because he was very candid, just him, like, voiceover. He was like, this is the case that really fucked me up. Da da da. Like he is throwing all sorts of <laughs> Maybe that whole, maybe it's just the that intensity. I don't know. I don't he just made well, I have a sit mouth of a sailor. So to me, when someone doesn't cuss as much as me, like you don't cuss, but like I feel like he doesn't cuss a lot. Mm-hmm. It's more like when he's really scared. And I mean, to be fair, like bodies can do really weird stuff, but like what a but weird is it random time also- for your eyes to just Right, but is it also could it be because the TV show won't let him do it, versus like a documentary that he wrote? Um, oh, you're saying censorship? Yes. Oh, from I the TV. Like this is a travel ones. channel, right? I thought you meant like wear the glasses, and I was like, no, I think he has to wear those. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, correct. Maybe you know what? I don't know. I, guess- I don't watch many ghost adventures episodes so the glue says demons aren't fucking real guys no so i'm just saying this one (laughs) is hard for me to believe i the story i did you know a couple weeks ago the other possession case i was like this is messed up this other one i feel like there's so i don't know there's a lot you said a few things that really reminded me of my amityville case like how funny as soon as this is all over you're talking about a movie deal same with them. Like when things mm-hmm. were wrapping up, they were talking about a book or blah, blah, blah. Yes. So, I mean. Which is what gets brought up a lot in different articles. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sarah made a point. If I was living a shit life, I'd want to make some money off of it. Mm-hmm. But, it's yeah. the American dream. Well. Yeah. I think that's the museum in a nutshell. I mean, obviously there's like. 28 more rooms we didn't talk about but <laughs> yeah or these could be multiple group episodes later on so <laughs> <laughs> thank you zach baggins yes mm-hmm. anything else guys or 
I'm gonna close go up, close up, shop, mama. to relax and try to sleep tonight. I guess that's <laughs> woo. Hope y'all are listening to this in the morning. <laughs> I remember sleep. It was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, listeners, you guys get some sleep. If you don't, blame Sarah. Um, hey, and hey. hey, if you're hey, if you don't, if you can't fall asleep, you have nothing else to do. Go ahead and check out our Instagram at Sinister Sunrise Podcast. <laughs> See what we're posting there. You can also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at the same name. And while you're at it, you can send us an email at Sinister Sunrise Podcast at gmail.com. You can email us true, you know, crime stories, dreams, paranormal ghost stories that you want us to talk about or check out for a future episode Mm -hmm. also go to apple podcasts and leave us a rating and review while you're at it especially if you're enjoying it give us that five stars that really helps us out and lastly check out um our wonderful logo artist tp's website um his website is meltyface.com you can use the code sinister sisters at checkout to get free shipping on all orders yeah 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 well thank you guys for listening and we'll have another awesome episode for you next week and thank you happy halloween bye guys get spooky